It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Gravel roads, the dirt roads aren't quite as dusty as they were here a few days ago. We got a little moisture around the area. Some parts of the country got nothing. Parts of good share of Illinois got no rain over the weekend, and they continue to struggle. So, again, thank our lucky stars and all the things we got to do to thank the good Lord for some moisture over the weekend. Maybe not enough in all areas, but we got some. So that's a good thing. Other good things, it might rain again tomorrow. We'll find out from Mike Dandry a little bit later on as we go along. We'll take a look at uh, the highlights of this week's Crop Progress Report. We'll delve into more of that tomorrow. And, Jill, you were up at uh, Chippewa Falls yesterday for a while. I was. I went up and saw the new buildings at the Wisconsin State Fairgrounds. And looks like uh, they won't be completely finished, but they'll be oh so close by fair time here in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, the buildings had just about everything in them. They had to do the final of the get the electricity cords that hang down from the ceilings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, oh, they are beautiful buildings. All right, look forward to that as we get closer to the fair. And I had a chance at the uh, Chippewa Dairy Supper last week to talk to Rusty Volk about the buildings and how excited he is and everybody else is about the, the new buildings at the Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds. And, uh, again, fair season is upon us. The Colfax World's Fair was... Uh, Held a week or so ago, so that kind of kicks off the season, and hopefully it's going to be a good fair season. It's a good dairy breakfast season, that's for sure. We got to a lot of dairy breakfast, and uh, boy, I was at Dunn County over the weekend. You were in Buffalo, and I went to Buffalo. All right, so Buffalo County, and now they're pretty well wrapped up for the year. People keep it. Where's the next dairy breakfast? I said next June, <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, for the most part. But again, and people, they'd say, what are you guys doing, Wisconsin? Those one of these dairy breakfasts, I hear that all the time from other farm broadcasters around the country. I said, well, it's a, a celebration of our bedrock dairy industry in Wisconsin, and it uh, is really supported by the people, and it's a, it's a good thing. And we want to, again, thank all of our sponsors with us during June for being at the Dairy Breakfast and all the other uh, FFA activities we did during June. It was a busy month. Marika Gouda and Thorpe and the House of Gouda here in Eau Claire. Stockman's Farm Supply and Osseo, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Colby Chrysler, the Wisconsin Farmers Union, Security Financial Bank, Tractor Central, Bluff Country, Feed and Seed, Arcadia Farm and Home, the Alliance Bank, and boy, the Alliance Bank, they were at a lot of dairy breakfast, helping you make food, serve food, and do a whole lot of things. So again, thanks to everybody that got on board during June Dairy Month. A lot of fun it was. And uh, we'll take a look at that. And some folks around our area did very well at the uh, Wisconsin State Fair Dairy Products Contest. We'll talk about that. It's a busy morning here, and we still got a lot of activities going on. As the fair season uh, gets started here very soon, but uh, horse pulls, tractor pulls, whatever. A lot of things going on. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Quick check of our weather forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps right now. Go to ChilsonMotors.com. Partly cloudy, 84 today. It's nice warm summer continues here in June, boy. 
84 today, 56 overnight. Tomorrow it'll be 84 again and a chance of rain. I'm not sure how widespread. We'll check in with Mike Dandry a little bit later on that. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, partly cloudy. Temperatures into the 80s. It's a very pleasant, good sleeping weather right now. 56 degrees. Don't have much of a view this morning. It's kind of foggy. It's kind of smoky. Those fires in Canada continue to send us that haze. So, again, it's it's kind of murky out there this morning, so be careful. About a minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM WAXX. So, Claire, how about some news? NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Russian President Putin says a march on Moscow by a group of mercenary soldiers was criminal activity. Trey Thomas reports. Speaking through an interpreter, Putin said there will be consequences. The organizers of this rebellion cannot but understand that they will be brought to justice. He addressed Russia Monday, just days after the head of the Wagner Group turned his troops around after reportedly agreeing to a deal. I'm Trey Thomas. An audio recording of the 2021 meeting where former President Trump discusses holding secret documents he did not declassify has gone public. CNN obtained the two-minute tape, which aired on the network Monday. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. While talking to a staffer in New Jersey after leaving office, Trump seems to indicate he was holding a Pentagon document with plans to attack Iran, saying these are the papers. The clip is a key piece in special counsel Jack Smith's case against the former president who pleaded not guilty earlier this month to 37 counts related to the alleged mishandling of classified materials that were kept at his Florida estate. Prosecutors will seek the death penalty against the suspected killer of four University of Idaho students. A new court filing Monday says the Boise prosecutors are pushing for the ultimate penalty against Brian Koberger. Koberger's trial is supposed to begin in October and is expected to last six weeks. A grand jury indicted Koberger in the brutal murders of the students at their college house last November. And the House of Representatives is putting rules in place about staff use of the AI program Chant GPT. In a memo out Monday and obtained by Axios, offices will only be allowed to use the paid subscription Chant GPT+. The program is only to be used for research and evaluation only and not for regular work. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. A little foggy, a little hazy out there this morning. Let's take a look at what Mother Nature's bringing us in our weather forecast. Brought to you by the Chelsea Automotive Group. Don't forget, new 2023 Subaru Outbacks are now available at ChilsonMotors.com. Partly cloudy today, 84, but again... Be aware if you have breathing problems or things like that, uh, that smoke is hanging around. Also got a little fog this morning, but uh, there is haze from those Canadian wildfires. So uh, do be careful, adjust accordingly. 84, partly cloudy today, and the clouds, a lot of that sounds like it's from that smoke. Overnight tonight, down to 56, chance of rain tomorrow. Maybe some of that rain will hopefully wash away some of that uh, smoke in the atmosphere. High 84 again. And uh, then it looks like uh, another dry period as we get over the the weekend and into July, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, partly cloudy temperatures uh, in the 80s. Rice Lakes 54, Medford the cool spot at 50 this morning, 57 in Wausau and Marshfield, 60 in La Crosse, 59 over in Green Bay, 60 in the Madison Sun Prairie area, 65 in Milwaukee, and a very comfortable. 
56 degrees right, uh, right outside our barn door this morning. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at some of the uh, market numbers brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Livestock not so bad, but the rest of the markets not very good. So, Jill, start us off with the best news, the livestock <laughs> numbers. Choice-fed beef steers are 170 to 181 with mixed at 134 to 169. Choice-fed beef heifers are 170 to 182 with mixed at 92 to 169. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 145 to 154 with select and silage-fed steers 115 to 144. Cows are 79 to 99 with a top of 116 with bulls at 110 to 126. Butcher hogs are 34 to 99 with sows at 24 to 36. Boars at 9 to 17. New crop market lambs are 150 to 192. Old crop market lambs are 75 to 143, and feeder lambs are 135 to 210. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, livestock futures were mixed for the cattle, higher for the hogs, mostly lower, though, for the cattle. June live cattle, 177.70, that was up 20 cents. August, 170.60, down 17. October live cattle, 174.02, that was down 47 in December. 178.37, that was down 32. Feeder cattle for August, 233.67 233.67 down 27. September at 237.50 down 20. October at 240.10 down a nickel. November feeder cattle 241.55. That was up 37. And January feeder cattle up a half a dollar at 241.37. Hogs were higher across the board. July hogs 93.40 at the close up 212. August at 90.05. That was up 37. October hogs 80.22 up 25 in December. At seventy-seven ninety, that was up a dollar twenty-two, and then we come to the rest of the markets, which uh, not a pretty picture. Now the markets yesterday in the day trade were higher, but uh, they'd really hit the skids overnight. Traders starting to factor in uh, the weekend rains overnight. December corn down eleven cents at five seventy-seven. Oats down six to seven cents at four thirteen. December wheat down nineteen at seven thirty-six. November soybeans down 27 cents overnight, sitting at 12.96 this morning. Meal down $10 a ton on that December contract, $388.90. Dairy markets went the same direction. Barrel cheese down a nickel, 145. Blocks down four and a quarter at 136 and a quarter as we play this game of how low can you go. Butter down six at 236. June class three, 1493. July down 49 at 1486. August down 44 at 1568. September down 50 cents at 1677. October down 30 at 1770. Prices were lower through March. Not a good series of numbers. 11 minutes after 5 o'clock. Again, 56 degrees. Looking for a high today. About 84. The market is brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Farm Technology Days is right around the corner. And this year it's being held at the Baraboo Steam and Gas Engine Club grounds by Baraboo. I caught up with show coordinator Anna Mayner. We have a lot of exhibitors on the ground this year. We have over 450 exhibitors so far. We'll keep accepting exhibitors while we have spaces. Can you give me an example of where some of your exhibitors are from? 
We have exhibitors coming from every state across the Union, plus Canada. There might be a few that are connected with other countries as well. It's international. Any special features with the exhibitors this year? Meisters is going to be doing a straw grinding demonstration with the roto chopper. Maverick drones and agri-spray drones are going to be doing demonstrations of spraying. We have six different locations that we're taking tours to. Chevy Ride and Drive is going to be there with electric trucks. We have beef handling demonstrations. We've got a full schedule of performers in the equine area. Madison College is going to be there with about eight different areas that deal with diesel occupations. we got a youth egg adventure for the kids. There's going to be a displays of heritage equipment and heritage demos. We're going to have some oat threshing. We're going to have the sawmill run by steam operating. We're going to be making some show shingles. You couldn't take it in in a day. So people should really plan on coming for a couple. Where can we go for more information? WIFARMTechDays.org. If you go under visitors, you'll be able to view at all the exhibitors that are there. You'll be able to see a map. You can use our show planner to set up the schedule that you want to follow. And we've also just published our show program on our homepage, and that covers all of these features, our exhibitors, um, things that are going on. And that's an update about the 2023 Farm Technology Days with Anna Maynard, show coordinator. And I'm Jill Welke from Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. July 18, 19th, and 20, we have Farm Technology Days down at Baraboo. Badger Steam Engine Grounds should be uh, should be good. A little different, but it should be a good one. Well, Jill, I see uh, you're up in Chippewa County. Give us a little more of what uh, happened yesterday as we look at some of our farm news. Well, a shiny red ribbon was cut to honor the grand opening of the new buildings at the Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds yesterday. After opening comments from local leaders, Rusty Volk, Executive Director of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair Association, shared some thoughts. And if you've ever talked to Rusty, he always has a lot of thoughts. <laughs> he highlighted some of the steps taken to get to the final buildings, including tearing down the barns just three days after the fair last year and the wood panels inside the Custer Coliseum that are made from the trees that were harvested from the fairgrounds. I know last year when I went up there and I saw those big, huge, beautiful trees cut down and he looked at the stumps and you see they were rotting from the inside out. But to save some of that lumber and incorporate it now into these new buildings, I think was uh, a very good idea because those old majestic trees in our fairgrounds are are so special. So uh, good for them. What else did you see? Well, and Rusty also stated the buildings and the building layout are designed for safety. Safety for the public, entry in the front of the buildings, and all the shows will be taking place in the new Coliseum, and safety for the animals and exhibitors because the animals come in from the backside. The Northern Wisconsin State Fair is just two weeks away, and the buildings are in the final stages of completion. And also, tell us about the State Fair. We had some food dairy products, and some folks from Iowa did very well. Well, last week, the Wisconsin Dairy Processors entered products in the 2023 Wisconsin State Fair Dairy Products Contest. Over 50 classes for cheese, sour cream, butter, yogurt, milk, and custard were judged at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Top entries from our area include Sean Sadler from the AMPI Jim Falls, 
with Mild Cheddar and Monterey Jack, Marika Gouda Team from Thorpe with Smoked Gouda, Premium Gouda, Golden and Reserve Gouda, Team Nasonville Dairy from Marshfield with Everything Bagel Cheese Curds, Westby Co-op Creamery from Westby with French Onion Dip and Organic Onion Dip, and Weber's Farm Store from Marshfield with Low-Fat Chocolate Milk and three flavors of Low-Fat Kefir. Grand Champion for each category will be announced at the Blue Ribbon Dairy Auction on August 10th at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Kefir. I used to know what that is. You know what that is? Kefir? It's it's like a fermented milk, kind of, and it's really good with probiotics in it. It is. Okay. So, well, congratulations for all those people, the folks that uh, work so hard all year long, making value-added products from our good Wisconsin milk. And congratulations, and they'll receive their honors. Also, looking forward to seeing the list of uh, all the farm families around the state, but also particularly from our area, the Centennial and Sesquicentennial farm families who will be recognized at the upcoming Wisconsin State Fair this year. So, uh, again, congratulations. Hopefully the fair season goes as well as the June dairy breakfast season because I think got a little rain over in Greenwood and some of the Sunday breakfast. But other than that, it was uh, pretty darn good weather. Mother Nature kept us dry in June, maybe too dry for a lot of folks. But otherwise, outside of Sunday, it was pretty nice. Yeah, it was beautiful weather. All the breakfasts that I went to and the crowds were happy to be there. And they didn't mind standing in the lines and and enjoying some of those great pancakes. Really good. And I enjoyed seeing so many young people out there. Young parents brought their young kids or grandmas and everything. And I'm still trying to marvel at that young man I met at the uh, Eau Claire breakfast at Bearsgrass Dairy. <laughs> that kid that his grandfolks are around here. His parents now live down in Wauwatosa by Milwaukee. He's 14 years old. He's six foot ten, a little over six foot ten, and he plays. Uh, he's going to be playing basketball at Wauwatosa West. So I'm going to be watching them, seeing how that young man does. I imagine he's got a lot of scholarships offer scholarship offers already from a lot of coaches. But 14 years old, six foot better than six foot ten. His shoe size, guess what size at this? 14 years old, guess how big his shoes are? I bet you're about 18. 18, size 18 shoes. Holy man, I got to see kayaks that aren't that big. But a uh, nice young man, I talked to him, and he's uh, really a nice young man. So we wish him good luck. So a lot of things at the dairy breakfast this year. And coming up, what's going on on the river, Mississippi River? We got enough water in it? We'll find out. Talking to a barge captain next on Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. There's no better way to get a first-hand look at the low water levels of the Mississippi River and the impacts that it has on shipments than the pilot house of a river towboat. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jimmy Cheatham, barge captain on the Western Rivers, otherwise known as Captain J-Rock on TikTok, provide some insight into what he's facing. I have been farming, raised on the farms from the get-go, and I've been a line boat captain for about 28 years, collectively working on the river about 35 years. I guess the biggest draw would be the I live in a rural America here in Boot Hill, Missouri, and there's not a lot of job opportunity. My dad was a wheelman on the boat, and my grandfather was as well. And uh, I tried to break away. I went to college, got a degree. There's no doors would open up. 
I worked my way through college, so I went back out there on the boat, and that's where I stayed. During peak harvest, all we heard about really was the low water levels and how that was affecting transportation. Well, now we've been kind of in a drought right here with little to no rain. So how are the water levels looking? It's not looking real good. We're going to see a repeat of last year, I'm afraid. How has that impacted the movement of commodities? Is Take me through what that's looked like, the freight traffic, things like that. On the aspect of the river transportation, when we have low water, tow sizes are reduced. That's the number of barges we can push. And there's always the potential possibilities of river closures due to channel failure, and they have to go in there and dredge, which might take 24 hours. It might take a week. That's one of the things that hampers us during low water stages. You mentioned the tow numbers. What is a normal tow number year compared to where we're kind of looking at for this year? Well, you know, you're looking at like 6,000 horsepower boat will generally take 15 out of the upper Mississippi. That will do. Extreme low water when St. Louis gets below a zero on the gauge reduces to uh, instead of 25 out of St. Louis to Cairo, we take 20. And that trickle effects on down the river. You know, usually those same size boats will take 20 on down the river, sometimes 25. But your bigger horsepower boats like your 10.5s, 11,000s, that normally take 46 loads, they're reduced down to 36 loads. And that causes a backlog of barges in the fleets. Also to mention, when the river drops continuously like it's looking like it's going to do, then they have to lighten the drafts. Instead of Cairo South going to a 10-6 or 11-6-foot draft barge, they're going to 8.5-foot, 9-foot. And that's less tonnage moved, so it takes more barges to move the product, which causes the price of shipping to go up. Can you give me some insight into the seasonality of moving these commodities out of Wisconsin? For instance, we just put a new crop in the ground, but with having to cut those tonnages down and the amount you're able to move, are we still moving quite a bit of the past crop, or what is this looking like currently? China did a little bit of a thing. They canceled pretty large order, which didn't affect a lot of the market, even price-wise. The long-term effect that we're looking at for like Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, moving product. It could divert to rail if the lower Mississippi gets congested due to low water. So what products are you hauling? I know you're back on land now, but when you were out there most recently, what have you been hauling? Or are you seeing more of a demand for certain products than others? Right now, we're still trying to get a lot of agricultural products to move north into the cities in St. Paul, Minnesota, and all destinations in between. Carrying a lot of fertilizers up. Bulk salt, we haul steel, anything that can be moved by bulk. But right now, there's been a lot of fertilizer being moved up that should have been already in place. What are the labor aspects of this job like? Are there a lot of captains, or do people really know that this is a job opportunity or want to be this? No, right now, as in any industry, we are in dire straits for potential prospects to hire on. At one time, I read, now this has been a few years ago, the maritime industry was 75,000 men and women short. Then numbers have breached 180,000 now currently. And our industry, just on the Western Rivers aspect of it, is hurting. We were not getting the, the, the younger people out there to work. The potential to move up to a chief engineer or to a wheelman or pilot or captain, advancement is can happen real quick for you. You put in your time, which the Coast Guard requires, 
a certain set of hours that you have to work before you can apply for like a, a mate or a uh, apprentice license to be a pilot. You know, a young gentleman or a gal starting out about 18 to 20 years old can be in the wheelhouse if they really work hard by the time they're 28 making six figures. But the competition to that is there's a lot of trade skills today in manufacturing facilities it is paying close to the same thing where they can be home. How has that labor shortage then affected movement? Is there a certain amount that you're behind because you don't have as much labor to be able to move these things? No, we are keeping the boats crewed right now. But in the future, I can see a potential effect. Um, and I say that in respect to the number of uh, baby boomers that has retired out of the industry. Then you've got the Gen X. You know, we're all looking at retirement between now and the next eight years. I'm thinking there, there could be some potential uh, issues here in about 10 to 12 years. We rely on the Mississippi River. So is there anything happening at key ports or disputes that are affecting the transportation of these goods? Right now, there's not. Now, they're having a little issues on the lower Mississippi when it gets to down around zero in places. I know our Sackwater Harbor in the New Madrid area, I think, is experiencing some difficulty loading barges to 10-6 draft or 10-9 draft. And that's happening on down the river. You're going to see a lot of ports or a lot of facilities, granaries, fertilizing docks, whatnot, loading at a uh, lighter draft. And there's potential that if the river continues to fall like last year, some of these facilities won't be able to load. Their ports will be too shallow. You mentioned the possibility of some of this transportation switching to rail. Is there tension with rail going on? Between the barge industry and rail, as far as tension, no. It takes all three methods of transportation, the trucker, the railway, and the waterways to keep America moving. What happens when we get backed up and they try to divert to rail, it puts a lot of tension at that point on rail because they have to bring more boxcars out, they have to bring more engines out. And like any other industry, they have a labor issue themselves, older equipment, and it's hard on the entire network. Are there any other key challenges right now that you're seeing that are affecting the transportation? Weather is our biggest on-site that we really have to watch. As far as you know, transportation itself, the products that we have to move, no. I mean, you know, our river systems are maintained, and they continuously have to maintain them in low water. It takes, like I said, with dredging and efforts to, to keep the channels open. And normal river stages from Cairo South, you know, Cairo being in the 20s and Memphis being around 15 foot, which is common the last few Junes that we've had due to snow and rain. You know, things flow pretty good. But this early fallout, this ain't nothing new. The river is not going to go dry, but it will cause issues and slow things down some. And again, that's uh, Jimmy Cheatham, a barge captain, and uh, thanks to Charity for getting a hold of them because when you hear it from literally the horse's mouth, the guys that go up and down that river, they really know what's going on as far as uh, the river levels. And not out of the woods yet with all the water we had this spring going down the river. It's gone down the river, so there is concern as we get further into summer. Almost 5.30 in the morning on a Tuesday morning. Uh, let's see what's going on at the markets over at Premier Livestock in Withy. 
the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's get over to Premier Livestock in with you, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Morning, Rocky. Good morning. How much rain did you get over the weekend? Did you get enough to from, do some good? Kind of from what I heard around the neighborhood was anywhere an inch and a half to two inches, and I heard some people saying south of Thurp up to four or five inches. So okay. I don't. I heard a lot of different things. Yeah, and Jill, what did you say you got at your place? I got only two tenths. So uh, again, varied rainfall. Some folks got uh, enough, maybe more than enough, but others didn't get enough. So it's the way it always is, Rocky, with Mother Nature. That's for sure. Well, you got any puddles over at the uh, sale barn or not? You bet we do. Thank uh, you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, yesterday, Monday's auction shaped up. We sold 1,150 head. Uh, fed cattle traded stronger. High choice from Prime Holstein steers, 150 to 164. Selects, 140 to 49. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers traded up to $1.78. Market cows strong. High yielding cows from $1.03 all the way up to $1.30. Uh, many cows from 85 to 102. Market bulls high yielding from $1.05 to $1.26. Organic market cows sold every Monday high yielding organic cows from 120 to 160 lower yielding uh down to dollar 19 and down we had steers and bulls up to a dollar 80 newborn holstein bull calves traded mostly from 175 to 430 dollars ahead on the holsteins your beef cross calves from 350 to 660 uh today tuesday that's our special monthly dairy heifer auction uh we'll sell them all the way from started heifer calves right up to close spring and heifers uh if you guys are bringing heifers in here try to have them in no later than 10 o'clock a.m. for a vet check. Uh, drive-ins are accepted. Uh, we'll start that sale at 11 o'clock, and then we'll finish up that uh, after the dairy heifers. We'll sell feeder cattle. Um, so just keep in mind, uh, 4th of July, we will be closed. No feeder cattle auction that day. Next special feeder auction will be July 11th. Then tomorrow, uh, we got another, tomorrow Wednesday, we got another dairy cattle auction. Uh, expecting well over 300 head of dairy cattle. Uh, we got three complete herd dispersals, including a herd of 70 Pro Cross Parlor Freestyle Cows. Uh, we also have another uh, top, top-notch group from Kempers. Uh, we're going to have 50 fresh Jersey Cross two-year-olds, some of the best that we sell. They're all Parlor Freestyle, beautiful uttered heifers if you're looking for them fancy kind of Jersey Cross cows. Uh, we're also expecting over 100 springing heifers and cows. Uh, so big run uh, tomorrow for that sale. Full details of consignments at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us anytime, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, horse auction will be coming up here on July 14th. Machinery auction will be coming up on August 25th. We are now accepting uh, consignments for that August machinery sale. So any questions, give us a call, and Bob, that's the way it shaped up. All right, Rocky, sounds like a good one. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you in the morning. Thanks a lot. Bye. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Well, it's kind of hazy out there. It's kind of foggy out there. I don't know how much is haze from the smoke and how much is just fog, but let's find out. As Northside Elevator over in Loyal, Arcadia, Stanley, bringing us the weather. Mike Dandry is with us. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. And it is a little bit uh, hazy. That fires, they're not getting much control of those in Canada, are they? I haven't seen reports, but boy, they just keep burning on. 
Yeah, and this is uh, something that we typically see later on in the summer. Now, of course, we've had an early start to the wildfire season. That's no, uh, you know, no secret. But we had that very dry pattern that took us into uh, April. There was this uh, very dry and warm upper-level pattern towards western Canada, and that's what sparked these fires initially towards Alberta. And now, of course, we have more of those going on towards the eastern part of the country, too. Yeah, it's... Uh... Not good. It affects so many people this far south. It's uh, really kind of a surprise that it goes on this long, but we've got to deal with it. So what does that mean for our weather going forward? As far as today, we'll have that haze hanging around, and we do have a little bit of fog mixing in with that too, but we'll have some filtered sunshine and some poor air quality uh, throughout the afternoon with our highs getting into the low to mid-80s. Later on tonight, though, a disturbance will move through, and we'll have uh, some clouds moving in and a few chances at some showers and storms going into the mid-morning hours of tomorrow. But by tomorrow afternoon, winds start to pick up out of the south, and that'll bring back in more of that wildfire smoke yet again. So this morning and tomorrow early afternoon time frame, that looks to be the worst in, as far as our air quality is concerned. And then going into tomorrow night into Thursday, a few more chances at some showers and storms. Mostly drying out by Friday, maybe just a very stray shower with highs into the low to mid-80s again. But Saturday, Sunday, drying things out. And for Monday, we start to warm up a bit more and highs getting into the mid to upper 80s. So again, feeling like summer as we open up July. But right now, we have some of that fog and haze with a temperature of 54 degrees in Eau Claire. Nice, comfortable sleeping weather, though. I would say so, just uh, maybe not with the windows open because, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll smoke yourself out. Your smoke detector might go off. Yeah, you never know. That's for sure. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Mike Dandrew over there at Skywarn 13 right here on Wax. We'll catch up with some news later on. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And at Northside Elevator in Loyal, that cash corn price today is five eighty four a bushel. Soybeans fourteen oh eight. At Arcadia, 584 on the corn, 1445 on the soybeans. Well, let's get caught up on some of our more local news. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, did you get the kid chased around playing softball and everything else over the weekend? You were heading out on Friday to go watch baseball and, I don't know, softball. I don't know where it was. Timbuktu or someplace. Close, Elma. Yeah, that's yeah we did land in Elma. And, uh, yeah, she's all uh, all packed up and off to Bible camp for the week. Oh, really? So, yeah. What's well, you mom going to do? Well, you don't have to go do? to that, do you? You're not a, a guest preacher or anything. No, but I might, if, if I need to go and uh, correct the them and get them on the right course i'll do that <laughs> you're just the one to do that yeah That's she'll be in Shatek for the week so oh, yeah for we're looking good forward for to hearing those stories oh i'll bet what uh, kind of stories have you got for us well we're going to start with headlines and we'll uh, unpack those right now good morning here's what we're learning today starting in the courts with a familiar name at least to badger fans a former university of wisconsin football player is getting an opportunity to avoid Sm- criminal charges with 715 newsroom coverage john demaster in the story Dane County District Attorney Ismail Ozan says 19-year-old Marcus Allen has been placed into the Deferred Prosecution Program. Madison police arrested Allen in April after allegedly finding a stolen handgun in his backpack during the Mifflin Street block party. The DA says he won't face prosecution if he completes the requirements assigned by the county. The former Badgers wide receiver announced plans to enter the transfer portal and leave the UW last week. 
I'm John DeMaster. Well, we're back to that statewide air quality advisory issued by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. As Bob was talking about, uh, those Canadian wildfires and that haze means it's back in place for much of the week. It is smoke from those Canadian wildfires that have moved into the region again, particularly this time impacting the eastern half of the state with officials expecting the heaviest particle counts from about noon today to noon tomorrow. Well, there's some money loading when it comes to high-speed Internet. Wisconsin getting another $1 billion in federal funding, and that's to help spread that Internet across parts of our state that still need broadband connections. Democrat U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin saying over 600,000 people in Wisconsin lack access to high-speed Internet. Simply put, we are leaving these Wisconsinites behind, and that's unacceptable. This funding is on top of the $400 million in federal infrastructure aid that Wisconsin has already received. Well, beef, it's what's for dinner. And on the table, the Wisconsin Beef Council contributes to that effort. The group donated $2,500 to Feeding Wisconsin yesterday, and the council generates charity funding through the Burgers and Buns Fun Run that's held every year in celebration of May, which is Beef Month. Feeding Wisconsin provides food to those in need through nearly 1,000 local programs. And they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And for one California dog, ugly means you take the crown. Mark Mayfield fills us in. Scooter, a Chinese crested canine with deformed legs, won the title on Friday at the Sonoma Marin Fair in California. The event promotes animal adoption and inspirational stories of dogs who overcame adversity. Scooter escaped being put down and was recognized with $1,500 and a trophy. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, speaking of old dogs, I still think he's got a few new tricks up the sleeve. We better go find Bound as we head back to the barn with Bob Bosel, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Well, I wouldn't mind $1,500, a trophy you can keep. But Well, here, come over and get a belly scratch. I'll teach you how to sit later today. <laughs> I need that lesson. That's for we'll sure. work on potty training. Okay. Yeah, that too. Scruff right as behind you, the ears, as right? As you get older, you'll appreciate that comment more and more all the time. I'll keep puppy pads in the newsroom for you, Bob. <laughs> You're a, such a wonderful I one. got you. Thank you, dear. Anytime. <laughs> All right, there's Morgan in the newsroom this morning. We're, uh, what are we, about 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. We're going to hear from uh, one of our new state officers, Joe. Who, who are we going to talk to here, hear from? Section 2 State Vice President Sophie K- K- Kaler. All right. She's right, from, Kaler? She's from? She's from Chippewa Falls. All right, and... Uh, Long time since they've had an officer there, so we'll hear from Sophie coming up next on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Section 2 has a new state FFA officer from Chippewa Falls. And it's been quite a while since they had a state FFA officer, and well. Lean on Sophie to tell us even more about that one. State FFA Vice President Sophie Kaler, she's from the Chippewa Falls FFA. How long has it been since Chippewa Falls had a state officer? So yeah, if I've done the math correctly, it's been about 78 years. So that was around uh, the Second World War before women were even allowed an FFA. So Chippewa Falls has not had their name out there in a while, which I think is pretty cool to be the first woman from the Chippewa Falls FFA chapter to be representing as a state officer. And what was your motivation to run for state office? My motivation is that FFA was really the mold that bonded me and created really who I was. Like in high school, I really had like to deal with a lot of mental health stuff. And I knew like parts of me and how like 
kind of who I was, but I didn't really know how it fit together to create who I was. And FFA really was that mold that really pushed me together. And in FFA, I was able to find myself and make a good group of friends, as well as become a better student and a better person and a better leader. So I want to have, uh, I want to give that experience to members to know that if they put in the work to FFA, FFA will really create something great for them and allow them to have all these opportunities that really help them find who they are. Who was more excited to find out that you were a state officer? You or your parents? Uh, I was really excited, but I think my mom was ecstatic. Uh, she cried and made my egg teacher cry. So I think she was super, super excited when she heard the news. And in FFA, you need to have a project as you proceed. What was your SAE? I got to do a sprinkle of a little bit of everything because I never really knew what I wanted to do. So my freshman year, I got to job shadow a small animal vet. And what I learned from that is I don't want to be a small animal vet, large animal all the way. Um, my sophomore year, I got to raise layer hens, which was really cool. Big chicken fan. So that really just helped solidify my love for poultry. And then my junior and senior year, I was in a uh, placement. So I got to work at two different places. My junior year, I worked at a recycling center in New Auburn. So I worked for the Big Ben Town Hall. And I got to learn a lot about the recycling and all that good stuff and like natural resources and how that all works together and the importance of recycling and making sure it's sorted well. And then my senior year, I worked at Northern Paws Pet Lodge in Kadat. And I was able to work with dogs and animals and just kind of see that side of agriculture and how like something that is so important to people like their pets and everything was really important to take care of. So that was cool. So it sounds like you dabbled in quite a few different areas of the SAE program. Which one is your favorite? Oh, I don't know. I really liked experiencing them all. Uh, Definitely the chickens probably though, because I, from raising chickens, I really learned that poultry is like a big thing for me and that I want to someday become a veterinarian and hopefully specialize in poultry. Leads us right into the future. Do you have those plans made yet or are we still in limbo a little bit? Oh, I've had these plans since, or these plans since I've been about three. So I've always known I wanted to be a vet. Um, as I progressed through high school and FFA, I was like, oh, I definitely want to be large animal. And then when I started raising chickens, I'm like, poultry, that's the way I'm going. So I am currently going to River Falls and I'm going to be a sophomore this year and I'm going to get my animal science, meat animal degree. And then I hope to go to Iowa State and get my veterinary degree. Well, I'm sure those animals will be in very good hands with you. Let's swing on back a little bit to the state officer role. What kind of talent or talents are you bringing to this role? Or what kind of outreach do you want to do? I definitely think I'm bringing my communication talents and just my bold personality. There's a lot to me and I'm very authentic. And I just really love talking to people and communicating with everyone. Like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to bring up a conversation and we are going to start talking. And I think that's very important for those members that don't really feel like they're a part of anything is I want to take those members and really pull them into the conversation and be like, you know what? You're here. That is amazing. Let's be friends. And I think uh, she'll make a lot of friends. That's Sophie Kaler from the Chippewa Falls. FFA, let's start a conversation. <laughs> she won't have any trouble starting that conversation, will she? No, and I did not speed up the audio on that. That's as fast <laughs> as she talks. Yeah, what a what an outstanding young lady. And uh, for the first time and since 19, what, 44, 45, and uh, that officer at that time was... Weldon Peterson. And we tried to do a little research on Weldon, and it sounds like he... Went to the short course, maybe moved out of the area? Yep, that's what it looks like. He went to the short course in Madison, and then he moved out of the area, but he raised Guernseys, it looked like. All right, down in New Holstein area, yeah, something like that? Yeah, I think like it was that. New Holstein area. All right, so uh, congratulations to Sophie. And, yeah, I've been here 46 years. I never never said state FFA officer from Chippewa Falls before, so that's a good thing. 
All right, we've got uh, some markets to get to, and we'll do that here. In just a moment, we're 54 degrees right now. We're also uh, about 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. We're in the 50s for our temperature this morning. We need to head down to Sparta to Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the higher than choice beef steers and heifers, 180 to 188. The choice and select beef steers and heifers, 164 to 179. The beef and dairy cross steers, 155 to 175. The higher than choice Holstein steers, 152 to 160. The choice and select Holstein steers, 141 to 151 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers, a dollar to a dollar forty. Cow market steady. The quality beef cows today, a dollar ten to one thirty. Topping at one thirty two. The high yielding Quality cows a dollar to a dollar fifteen with a top of dollar twenty. The cutters and utilities seventy nine and ninety four with a low yielding and gander cows thirty six to seventy eight cents. Organic market today with the results from the June twenty sixth sale with the high yielding organic cows one fifty to one seventy five. The thin and small organic cows one nineteen to one forty nine. With the organic steers and heifers one sixty five to one eighty. Bulls steady. Most bulls bringing a dollar to a dollar fifteen with the thin. Full and bulls over a ton discount at 99 cents and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing two fifty to four dollars. Quality Holstein heifer calves eighty cents to dollar eighty. Quality beef bulls four fifty to six dollars. The quality beef heifers four dollars to five fifty with the light and poor quality calves ten cents to a dollar per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Wednesday. June 28th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Aiming to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get to it. More market information from over at the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him, and... Uh, well, Jerry, what's on your agenda for July now that June Dairy Month is over, getting to be wrapped up? Uh, good morning to you, Bob. we got plenty to do in July. Uh, graduation parties, tractor pulls, uh, and second crop will be coming up here, so plenty to do. And, uh, well, we got a little rain over the weekend, just a little better than an inch here at the house, so that's good. So we'll, we'll have to get the old lawnmower out today or tomorrow. Yep, so. I think uh, that'll happen in a lot of places around here. Well... How are we doing so far this week? What happened on day one of the trade? Well, uh, probably a record-setting day as far as some prices yesterday. We'll tell the folks about it. And, uh, Bob, thank you, and a good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market, the mostly steady trade on the cows. High-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows yesterday, and they're selling from 98 to $1.18. Most of the cows yesterday between 78 and 98 and you got these center cows, 75 and below. Bull trade yesterday, uh, mostly from $1.10 to $1.15. And on the calf market, that's where we're talking about this. I don't know how high, how high these prices can get, but, uh, well, folks, if you got good quality calves, take care of them because they're worth a lot of money. Good quality Holstein bull calves yesterday selling from 200 to 400. A lot of bull calves from 400 to a top of 445. Last few weeks, we've seen better demand on the heifer calves, 50 to 205. And the beef calves, that's where the astronomical numbers are. 300 to 700 dollars on these quality beef calves 
and some fancy beef calves yesterday from 700 to 730, folks, and not just a couple of them, a lot of beef calves from 700 to 730. So I don't know how high these are going to get, but that's what they're bringing yesterday. So uh, we got to look forward to today, Tuesday here. We get started this morning at 10 o'clock, hay and bedding auction. Uh, we do have some hay consigned. we got some 2 by 3 by 5 bales for you folks for today, along with some square bales, so smaller. So that'll be at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock market auction today. And, of course, on Tuesday we do feature organic market cattle along with the regular market cattle. Our sale tomorrow getting started around 10 o'clock. Feature cattle auction tomorrow is at 12.30. Our regular Thursday auction at 11. And just a reminder, uh, next Monday, July 3rd, Equity Stratford will be open. We will have a sale next Monday, of course. Next Tuesday, of course, July 4th, we will be closed. So that's the only only change in the sales schedule for next week. So uh, special folks with the organics, uh, obviously there will be no Tuesday sale next week. So if you got organic cattle, you maybe want to get rid of them today or wait uh, two weeks from today. So anyway, with that, Bob, we'll send her back to you in a high of how much today? High about 84. Okay, well, that's better than 94. That certainly is. And you enjoy it. We'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good, Bob, and I thank you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And the folks at Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland bringing us our market report. Again, the Board of Traders higher yesterday, but overnight it hit the skids as uh, some of this weather factoring in here, realizing the rainfall. Overnight, December corn down about 11 cents at 5.77. The oats down 6 to 7 at 4.13. December wheat down 19 at 7.36. November soybeans down 27 at 12.96. December meal down $10 a ton. Three hundred eighty-eight dollars and ninety cents. Country elevator prices. Northside elevator loyal location corns at five eighty-four with soybeans at fourteen oh eight. In Arcadia corns at five eighty-four with soybeans at fourteen forty-five. On the de- whoops. Wheat and grains. Oh yes. Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location corns at five eighty-four with soybeans at fourteen eighteen. All right. Other country elevator prices on the DTN screen. Corn at uh, Golden Plump today. Six fifteen. That's only six dollar corn to see. Baldwin five eighty three on the corn fourteen forty six and the beans. Durand is five seventy three. Beans fourteen forty one. Mondovi and Elmwood corn five seventy seven. Beans fourteen forty six at Fall Creek five seventy three on the corn fourteen sixteen on the beans. Osseo five eighty five and fourteen forty six out at Elk Mound. The corn's five eighty three. The beans fourteen fifteen. Sparta five ninety six and the beans at fourteen forty and over at Ellsworth along the river corn five sixty six soybeans fourteen oh six ethanol plants Boyceville five ninety nine on the corn Stanley five seventy five New Richmond five seventy barrel cheese down a nickel one forty five blocks down four and a quarter one thirty six and a quarter butter down six cents yesterday at two thirty six the July class three settled at fourteen ninety three didn't move. July down 49, though, at 1486. August down 44 at 1568. September was down a half a dollar, down below $17 at 1677. And October down 30 cents at 1770. Not a good marketing day, that's for sure. And uh, be careful out there. Again, we got some of that haze from those Canadian wildfires hanging around. So if you got uh, breathing problems, be careful today. And we're looking for about 84 degrees and a partly cloudy day right now. It's 54, maybe a little rain again tomorrow.
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.